Welcome back to Off the Chart. It's been a long wait, but Gen Q Season 2 is finally here and we are ready to process. We are back. Uh, Once again this season, we will be watching The L Word Generation Q with you, bringing you our unfiltered takes on the new series reboot every Tuesday, because Shell, as always, we still can't get enough of those LA lesbians. Never, 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 never. I'm Shell Turingen, managing producer of Video at Extra, and I don't know about you, Erica, but I love scallops. I, I don't. I'm Erica Lenti, senior editor at Extra, and I would probably bring my dog to a poker game like Shane. I, I think Belle would really enjoy that. You're kind of sweet, huh? Like a sweet feral cat. I, mean, I think about her, and I want to be near her. I think I've always loved you. If there was ever a time to win her back, it's now or never. So, Erica, what do you think the theme is for this very first episode of season two? Yeah, I I mean, I think this is kind of the theme of most episodes of The L Word, but I really feel like they were hammering home this idea of belonging, where people belong, with whom they belong. Um, You know, we see it with family. We've got Angie looking for her donor, which we'll talk lots about later. Um, You know, Bet trying to figure out where she fits in within the Tina Carey dynamic. Um, You know, even Micah seeing if he fits into this relationship with Jose. Um, And of course, we've got the big love triangle. Uh, Where does Sophie fit? Where does Finley fit? What will Danny do? There's a lot of catching up to do. So let's recap. Let's do it. So Erica, let's start with Danny and Sophie and Finley. We return to the show with a big revelation. Sophie picked Danny and everyone knows what Sophie's been up to, except for Danny. Uh, After spending an entire episode trying to figure out how and when to tell her, Sophie opts to say nothing. The illusion crumbles when Finley shows up to the wedding right at the end of the episode and tells Sophie she loves her. So what do we make of Sophie's choice? Oh boy, quite the Sophie's choice. Um, I mean, we were surprised, right? Like, we thought that she was going to pick Finley and that Danny was just going to, like, have to crumble on her own, right? Like, that's what we thought, I I think, based on the last episode (laughs) that we recorded. You had said that it would suck if they came back and uh, Finley just came back from Missouri and was like, I'm fine now. Everything is great. Uh, it it would have been nice to like see some of her journey in Missouri and she just like yep. appears in the last, like she's on screen for 10 seconds. Um, yep. So the thing that we had hoped they didn't do, they actually did. <laughs> this is true. I had completely forgotten I had said that, but um, I guess I thought I, I didn't expect like it to be the wedding like I didn't expect us to open with like the rehearsal dinner and see Sophie walking to meet Danny and like everything to seem fine yeah I guess I kind of just wish we had started somewhere else and I I do like I think the only thing that this has really done for me is make me feel for Danny more one of our initial qualms about Danny's character was that she was like pretty underdeveloped and Um, we didn't really have a chance to root for her really like there was no reason to root for Sophie and Danny Um, we really felt for Sophie near the end when she hooked up with Finley Um, and we didn't really know why we would be invested in Danny and now I kind of feel invested in Danny because like 
God, that sucked. That is like the worst possible thing. If you'll remember from our, our season one recaps, I wasn't really feeling Danny too much. I was a huge Sinley uh, shipper. And now, now I don't like, now I don't really know. Uh, I was so into that storyline, but yeah. this is, it, it just seems a little chaotic, perhaps contrived. Uh, I don't know if I'm like feeling that relationship anymore. So like, how do you think this whole thing's going to shake out, Erica? Yeah, I don't know. I will say like, I'm definitely, I know I had some feels about Sophie and Finley and I definitely talked to my therapist about all of it because it was really, you know, not good for me. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm really not feeling it anymore because we're seeing the consequence of it now. Like it was really easy when Danny was really busy with Beth's campaign and like it felt like she was emotionally unavailable for Sophie. It was really easy to root for Sophie and Finley. And now Finley showing up to this like one of the most important days of their life and like Danny has absolutely no idea that any of this has happened. Like I'm like, ooh, this feels really icky. Um, so I'm kind of off that now. Mm. One thing I will say is like, what the hell is with the cliffhangers? Like we just ended a whole season and waited a year um, for this show, and we ended on another cliffhanger with Finley just standing at the altar with uh, with Sophie and Danny. So I don't, I don't know why they keep doing this to us. Like, just just show us what happens. I don't want to wait another week. I mean, they, they got to give you a reason to keep coming back. <laughs> the lesbians. That's why I keep coming back. <laughs> but enough about Sophie and Danny. Let's get to our favorite OG character, uh, Bet and Tina and Carrie and Angie. Uh, we finally meet Carrie, played by none other than Rosie O'Donnell. She's a say whatever's on your mind type. And seeing Tina with Carrie makes Bet think that she'll be alone forever. So Alice decides to set her up with Gigi. The pair get steamy when Tina and Carrie show up at the same restaurant where uh, Bet and Gigi are having their date. And Carrie thinks Bet is still in love with Tina. Yeah, and then we have Angie, who turned out to be like my favorite character somehow in, in the last season. Um, so she's getting curious about where she's from. Um, and so she asks uh, Tina and Bet about her donor. And we get a whole amazing thing in which she goes to get a uh, DNA test. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But Shell, can we talk about Carrie? Because I surprisingly like her. <laughs> I, yes, I also loved Carrie and I was shocked. I think Rosie O'Donnell plays this butch uh, lesbian part uh, beautifully. Uh, I think this, the stark contrast between uh Carrie and Bet is really interesting and I can I can kind of understand why Tina um loves Carrie and and wants someone that's completely different from Bet. Yeah, and I I was kind of like, oh, they picked Rosie O'Donnell um like the lesbian of all lesbians to to come on the L word and so I was sort of like eh about it, but she was great. Like her comedic timing was fantastic. I think she provides a lot of like she she breaks the tension between Tina and Bet because I do think deep down Bet still loves Tina. I mean, I think that we saw that last season. Um, and I think she breaks a lot of the tension between them. Um, and she adds a fun kind of dynamic to to the couple. Um, you know, I think Tina can be a bit dry. So they, you know, the show often has to pair her with these really interesting people. Bet is incredible, of course. Carrie's funny and really says whatever's on her mind, like you said. So I think 
I think she's going to be fun, um, but it should be interesting to see what happens to Tibet in the midst of all of this. Let's talk about um, Bet and Gigi. Uh, do you ship it? Yes, <laughs> I ship it so hard. I really, but I honestly think I ship Gigi with like everyone because she's just so confident and assured and sexy. Like she is, she's amazing. Um, the one thing I love about Bet and Gigi though is we we've talked about this in the original series when we recapped that no one had really challenged bet in a relationship until jody came around and i think that Gigi could be a great like follow-up to jody like a really strong independent phenomenal woman who like doesn't need to live in bet's shadow she can compliment her um she's not a tina you know and totally. i think that that's really exciting and also like they are just both so beautiful it is so amazing to watch beautiful great actresses <laughs> on my screen yeah what do you think i love that like um like at first bet dismisses Gigi. and like when Gigi shows up she's like oh I'm, I'm waiting for a date and then she realizes that Gigi is her date and she's kind of like ah but then when tina and carrie show up and and bet has to explain to Gigi very quickly what's happening um like the way that Gigi navigates through that date to help bet get through that um, difficult situation was amazing and she's just so forthright and formidable like you said um you know she tells bet to like come here come here for the kiss and then Oof. at that point i think that's like wait a minute who's this like what's happening here and then she's all about it so like you said i think that they're um that bet perhaps has maybe met her match in Gigi. So I am stoked to see what happens with those two. But let's talk about Angie, your favorite, Erica. Um, she's looking for a sperm donor. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I'm glad that they're they're doing this part because I do think, you know, it's natural for someone who's a teenager who has these amazing two moms to, to be curious about where she's from and, you know, what what um, her ancestry looks like and all of that. I mean, of course, she's going to be kick ass and go and do this DNA test because she's stubborn and a teenager and won't, you know, won't obey her parents in any way. Um, and I'm kind of excited to see what happens. I mean, I hope that they don't go down a weird route. Like it would be nice to see her connect with family members, like, like something like that instead of, you know, finding out something awful about about Marcus or something. I don't know. Um, so we'll see what it is. But Angie continues to slay. I'm obsessed. Let's talk about Shane and Tess now. Uh, Shane shows up to this poker game with her new dog. And it's hosted by Eddie, played by the incredible Lena Waithe. And Tess is bartending because she works for Eddie as well. Uh, apparently, the story arc was an attempt to bridge the gap between LA lesbians and the Black queer community. Well, it's going pretty well until, of course, Shane has sex with Lena's wife. So of course. Uh, why is Shane still an LA lesbian mafia boss? <laughs> Yeah, I don't really understand this. Like, we don't think Shane is that cool anymore, right? Like, <laughs> she's, you know, these like weird wide collars. She looks like a mafia boss. She looks um, like she could fit into the Sopranos cast of the early aughts. Yeah, I just, I don't totally buy the whole Shane swagger thing anymore. Like, I kind of bought it in, you know, the whole like LA Lothario, lesbian Lothario thing in the original series. Um but girl is 40, like she's super, well, I guess she's she's not that rich anymore or she is, it's not really clear anymore. Cause remember season one premiere, she's hopping off a private jet 
Now she's going to some weird underground poker games with a stray dog. I'm a little confused. I I honestly don't totally buy it anymore. I don't know how you feel, Shell, but it's a little overwrought to me. I'm... uh I would agree, but to that I will say that I think pairing Shane against Tess um, kind of tempers that a little bit um, because Tess is very playful with Shane and flirty and kind of like calls her on all of that stuff. Um, I really love uh, the the friendship or the relationship or whatever is happening there between them. They seem to be getting closer. I, I hope that this means that um, we'll see more scenes with the with Shane and Tess together and that something might happen there. Uh, so I think while you're correct in that Shane is no longer, you know, like the Fonz, uh, I think that um, <laughs> Tess really um, is, is a great complimentary character to that. Yeah, Tess is great. And I've loved her evolution. Like, I'm really glad they seem to be giving her some more airtime. I don't know if this is sort of a one-off because of this poker game storyline, but I'm really excited to see more of her. Do we think that there's going to be a Shane and Tess hookup? And do we hate it if it happens? I mean, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. And I would love to see it. <laughs> I, don't I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm sort of torn because I do like I do like the vibe that Shane has when she's around Tess. Mm-hmm. But I also think there might be a weird like... How old is Tess supposed to be vis-a-vis Shane? And we kind of got like a like a parental sort of vibe around like Finley and Shane. And I feel like that could expand to Tess too. And so I don't know how I feel about it. I think I might just have to wait and see. I love Jamie Clayton. I love that she has this role on on this show. I love trans representation. Like I just I love this, whatever is happening between Shane and Tess. So I, I'm looking forward to more of it. Um, but let's talk about the best uh, cameo in this episode. Lena Waithe is here. Yeah. When she appeared on the screen, I was like, yes. <laughs> How did you feel about that? Yeah, I didn't think they could top Megan Rapino from last season. And then they just opened with Lena Waithe. Um, I, I liked her. I thought she was like really fun in the episode. I did feel, and like maybe I'm totally off base, this did feel like a bit of a kind of poppy character. I liked Lena Waithe. I wish they would use her for more. And I kind of wish her character was a bit more. And I know she's a guest guest role, but it would be nice to see them flesh her out a bit more as opposed to just this like, you know, black lesbian running a poker game as like a black counterpart to Shane, which is essentially what Poppy was um, yeah. as like a Latina counterpart to Shane. Um, well, didn't they have an the episode act. where Poppy was teaching them all how to play poker too? Like they almost lifted it. Oh entirely. my god! Oh my god! I totally <laughs> forgot about that. They had the whole poker yeah. game. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so let's talk about Alice for a little bit. And uh, Nat, we learned that Alice is writing a memoir on top of doing her TV show, and it's keeping her very, very, very busy. Uh, so she doesn't have a lot of time to spend with Nat, who she is recently uh, hooked back up with in a monogamous relationship um but because alice is so busy nat is at home just watching law and order now uh would you read alice's memoir i mean yeah just for the stories about lenore 
Like, I want to know <laughs> what I crazy. That. Yeah, I want to know the crazy antics about the time Shane fucked her mom. I want to know all of the, you know, there's so much in Alice's life. And I imagine she would probably bring like that nice humor to the heavy stuff. I mean, like, we've seen how the, you know, how Alice's character is able to do that, even in heavy scenes, like with Dana, um, before Dana died and when she was sick. Um, so I would totally read Alice's uh, memoir. I think it would be a hundred times better than an Ellen memoir. I can say that. I thought it was very funny how at the beginning of the episode, uh, when they're waiting to pick up the kids, uh, like Gigi hops into the back. What do you want to get back together? <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. She jokes that she like wants to get back together with them, which obviously means that that, you know, that threesome is done. But what do you think is going to happen with Alice and Nat now? I don't know how long this relationship is going to stay monogamous if that foreshadowing of, um, you know, Nat chatting with, I don't remember her name, Mar Marissa, I think it was, um, at the wedding about her boyfriend or her husband and her girlfriend. Right. Um, and she was like, it sounds like a really interesting, you know, setup that they've got. And Alice is just like, hmm. So I wonder if we're going to dip our toes into polyamory again, um, which could be really interesting to see uh, happen because we saw the thruple. Um, and now we get to see what happens if after the thruple d dissolves, if there's something else, you know? Totally. I also think it's funny that if the if, if the writers are trying to explore polyamory in the show, that they've decided to place it onto, uh, onto a character like Nat, who we said last mm -hmm. season seemed really boring. Um, polyamory doesn't sound boring to me, so <laughs> maybe this will make maybe this will make Nat a little more interesting of a character to watch this season. So um, yeah. again, I would love to see it. So shall we talk about Micah, who seemed to just get shafted again this season? Um, we learn that Jose is indeed married. Um, Micah is still hooking up with him on the side, but he's kind of over it, and rightfully so. Why does the show keep screwing over Micah? Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I really hope that this is just a one-off and that the remainder of the season gives Micah more space to breathe and explore and become more of a fully fleshed character because right now he is just Danny's BFF who used to date her and then like, you know, Jose's other half. It makes me really sad that they did this. Like we had talked about this in the last season of the podcast, how it's so annoying to watch trans men um, as characters like find love and then just have it ripped away from them and they turn into these sad caricatures like i want i want a character who like you know either they're in a loving relationship and they're supported and it's lovely or like they're hooking up they're fucking they're loving their life and like they're embracing it and owning it um micah hasn't done any of that um so i i hope that they give him more space to do that we have to uphold them to that same responsibility you mentioned uh, in the podcast last time around, Shell. Better trans representation. Um, let's not shaft Micah. Please, let's give Micah a happy ending this season. Okay, it's time for our superlatives round where we each pick our favorite moments from the episode. Erica, what was yours? Uh, I'm going to be boring and predictable and say Angie and Jordy. Um, I am just obsessed with them. I, I hope that they get more airtime and I hope that this whole storyline around Angie 
figuring out, you know, where she's from and her ancestry and all of that continues. Um, I suspect it will. But Angie and Jordy are just like these adorable teen characters who are portrayed so well. Like it's so refreshing to just see like teen Angie like meet up with Jordy and have a conversation with her girlfriend like it's just so heartwarming they are perfect the show cannot ruin them i want to see them go to prom i want to see them be elected prom queens <laughs> do not fuck this up <laughs> what about you um i'd have to say it's a tie between the first time that we see carrie and like the scene where she comes in and the like her first line is like i'm so sorry i Nicked your mailbox on the way up the driveway. Honey, it's listen, not that if you bad. got some pain, I could touch it up for you, no problem. Oh no! And it's just like <laughs> so blasé, and she's just like it's, it was such a wonderful way to introduce uh, Carrie and Rosie O'Donnell to to season two. I thought that was really really funny. Um, but as a honorable mention, I will say that I am loving the flirtatious vibes between uh, Shane and Tess, and uh, I hope we see more of it. Oh, can I give an honorable mention to the Bet and Gigi kiss? That legit made me start sweating. Like, I actually yeah. started sweating. Um, so more of that, please. Well, that's it for this episode. Tune in next week when we talk about episode two of Gen Q and why these people just can't seem to keep it in their pants. I'm sheltering in. And I'm Erica Lenti. Off the Chart Generation Q is produced by Shell Turingen. Our technical producer is Lido House. Our executive producer is Rachel Giza. And our music is by Kit Coolit. Now, if you like what you're hearing, please like and subscribe. Review us wherever you get your podcasts. And feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at Extra Magazine. Until next time. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. I might fall over because I'm standing on like four pillows. Um, okay. <laughs>